It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app and streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980. Make sure you are subscribed uh, to not only the Team 980's YouTube channel for all, all for all of the best of this show, he said, uh, but also at Craig Hoffman, where you get not only clips of this show, but of Take Command as well. And uh, Mark Schlereth joined Logan and I earlier today. That conversation coming up for you at 6.15. But right now, it is time to welcome friend of the show, Commander's Defensive End, James Smith-Williams. James, what's up, buddy? How are you? What's up, man? How are you? Uh, I am doing well. Uh, let's start off with actually, no, like seriously, how are you? Obviously, you've been out the last couple of weeks with, with the hamstring injury. Uh, hopefully, it's getting better. Hopefully, it's getting better quickly. Um, how, how's everything going, and how hard has this rehab process been? Because hamstrings suck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's been going well. Um, you know, we have a great training staff that's taking good care of me. Uh, getting better daily. It's one of those nagging things that just kind of takes the time it's going to take, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think the thing that sucks the most about a hamstring injury is like it feels good and then you go try to do something and then it doesn't feel good. You're like, oh, but you were lying to me. Why did you do yeah. that? Yeah, it's definitely a reality check at times, which, you know, just my body let me know where I actually am and just, you know, proceeding from there. For sure. Um, obviously, and we'll get into uh, the reason uh, on top of it's great to talk to James. The reason that we're having James on is he's doing a very great uh, charity event coming up next week. We'll give you all the details uh, on it. It's something that I've actually been able to go to the last couple of years. Uh, they're, they're making me do the show on Monday, James. Apparently, that's an important thing that I do to earn my paycheck. So uh, you, have to, you have to soldier on without me and spend $15,000 on uh, on kids' toys uh, and help get a bunch of kids an amazing Christmas. Without me, I, I think you guys will be fine. So we'll talk about that uh, coming up in a in a second. Um, but obviously, it's been a, a bit of a crazy week, uh, to say the least, on the defensive side of the football for you guys. What's it like to get in that first meeting where, you know, normally it's Jack up there and, and obviously he's no longer there and, and Ron's up there leading the meeting this week? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely different. Um, you know, I've been with Coach Rivera all four years he's been here. So to see him, you know, really uh, lead the defense, and bring in his mentality that he's had from coaching on the defense side of the ball. It's been really fun to see, and you know I'm I'm excited to to watch the game plan come to life on Sunday. For sure. I mean, it, it's kind of funny too because I think a lot of us on the outside have seen Ron take on a very CEO like high level approach. Like, does he have a different energy about him now that he's back in like the details of a game plan in a way that he hasn't basically the entire time that he's been here? Yeah, I would definitely say behind, you know, closed doors or in our team meetings, he's had great energy, but he, he's definitely, you can feel the fire, you can feel the passion when he's leading our, you know, unit-specific meetings now. For sure. Uh, James Smith-Williams with us here on the Hoffman Show. Um, it doesn't sound like, I'm not going to, you know, I don't want you to give away your injury status if that's at any point a mystery, but, um, you know, as you guys as a team prepare for Miami this week, how unique is what they do schematically versus just like it all happens faster because all their dudes seem to run a 4-2? Um, I mean, definitely the spirit of their players helps, right? But it, it's a good game. Um, you know, they try and out-leverage you. They want to get to the edges. You know, they want to get in those foot races because they have that great speed. So, um, you know, definitely containing and turning things back inside will be very important this week. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then from a run game standpoint, like – are they as about as detailed as anyone you've seen uh, so far this year in terms of prep, how they prepare the run game and, and some of the the kind of 
specific wrinkles they put on it compared to a lot of other teams which run very similar stuff? Yeah. Um, I, w- I would definitely say they have some, you know, week-to-week scheme things, but they definitely have some stuff in, in their DNA, and that's that outside zone. They get to it in a, a bunch of different ways, you know, crack toss, things like that, but um, that's definitely who they are. They're a detail-oriented team. I think they're definitely a lot more physical. Um, then they get credit for you hear Miami Dolphins, you think, you know, high flying, stuff like that, but they, they run the ball and it's, it's really important to what they do. James Williams with us here on the Hoffman show. Okay. So Monday, uh, you and uh, your teammate Terrell Burgess, Andy Sullivan from the Washington spirit, uh, the champions of set the expectation an amazing organization that we've talked about on the show here before um, are going to go shopping for kids who have been affected by domestic and sexual violence in the DC area. Um, You guys are doing this for your fourth straight year. First time Terrell gets to be here in person, which is obviously very exciting. What makes this event so special to you, James? Um, You know, for me personally, it's definitely uh, my inner kid gets to come out. Right. Um, I have the wonderful opportunity to go and shop on behalf really of, of the kids um, and these shelters and then this housing. And, you know, it's exciting for me to know that I can, I guess, for lack of a better word, you know, get to play Santa Claus along with, you know, Andy and Terrell and whoever else is there um, and really kind of make the holiday special for these kids and let them know that, hey, there's people who are thinking about you and who care about you. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you guys uh, listening can actually go and shop as well. Uh, there's been an online fundraiser going that, thanks to the extreme generosity of um so many, you know, great donors, you know, some have given a lot of money, uh, but also a lot of small donors as well. Um, they have, uh, I think we're up to $15,000 now, James is the amount that you guys are going to have to spend. Like, have you ever, have you ever thought about spending $15,000 at a toy store before? First of all, not at a toy store, uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe a car dealership as a, as a right, start right. of something. Other places, right. It's, it's come up, but not at a toy store, but no, it's, uh, it's it's really exciting. I, I am so thankful and, and blessed and honored. And I know everyone on at, in STE and, you know, Terrell, Andy, feel the same way. Um, this has been, I think, to date, um, the most we've raised by far. And to see the community's response is, is incredible. And we're just, you know, so thankful, so grateful to be able to be, able to be in a position to go out and um, help these kids with that money. And if you want to contribute, you can donate by texting Toy Drive 2023 to 44321. That's Toy Drive 2023 to 44321. I'll make sure I also post up a, a fresh link on my Instagram story at Craig underscore Hoffman. Um, and then if people want to come hang out in person, uh, and James was like, no, we need to have have the community come out, which is always cool to see people come together. Uh, it's at Child's Play on Connecticut Avenue, Northwest DC, 5.30 p.m. on Monday. Child's Play is a great local toy store, so it's great to support them as well, as well as obviously getting their toys and taking them uh, to these kids who, who are going to be able to enjoy it. Uh, I'm also just thinking, James, like we've had some fun the last couple of years with the receipt from this thing. How big is this year's receipt going to be? Um, 15k all at once on one receipt. Of I'm trying to think like how many probably. how much did we spend last year? Cuz that thing was like 10 12 feet long last year at least. Oh man, maybe 6 or 7. And so, so we're talking we're talking at least double that. I think at least double. It's going to be insane. <laughs> I I'm just trying to like that's 
And the t- like yeah. the the piles of toys, you know, we definitely got to get a U-Haul this year. Can't be yep. can't be messing around with that. Um, right. So if people want to again go hang out, uh, holiday toy drive Monday five thirty at Child's Play uh, in Northwest DC. Uh, but I want to close out with some fun, James. I had I had an idea. This is very Rachel uh, style idea, but mm-hmm. I I was trying to think of how to have some fun with you, Terrell, and Andy. And so yeah. I'm, I, I created in my head here what I'm going to call the Champions Challenge. So okay. in the following events, who would win uh, between you, Terrell Burgess, uh, obviously your teammate with the Commanders, safety and special teams ace, uh, and Andy Sullivan, U.S. Women's National Team and Washington Spirit midfielder. Uh, if you guys uh, ran 100 yards on a, on a field, football or, or football, if you will, uh, who wins the 100-yard race? 100 yard race. I have to go Terrell. I think that's probably correct. Yeah. 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 He's very fast. He's very fast. If we turn that into a mile, though, can Terrell still beat Andy? I know that that's not your strong suit. No, I'm I'm out early. Uh, I think Terrell is out maybe at the 800 mark. Okay. Uh, And I, I think, I think Andy takes that one. Yeah, because there's always that distance where the the speed and the because Andy's very fast, but you know, I mean Terrell, run, Terrell runs what probably a four four. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so like the speed at some point gives out to the endurance that Andy has. All right, here's I'm trying to I was then like all right I gotta I gotta give James right. something I gotta throw James a bone some way so we go with like a strength a strength uh, exercise here. If oh, if bro. you have to squat, let's say half your body weight for like maximum reps, that way you get to scale a little bit. So to whatever you weigh, cut that in half, put it on a barbell, how many reps can you get? Do you think you could outlast Terrell and and Andy if they were trying to do the same? Yes. How many reps? Oh, man. That's basically just bodyweight squats at that point. That's, that's so light. Uh, <laughs> you weigh what, like 260, 265? Yeah, about 270-ish, yeah. 270, so that's, yeah, 135 for you. Yeah, that's pretty easy. Maybe we yeah. should just do body, like your body weight on the barbell. That's at least a challenge. That would be more challenging for sure. That would probably end around in the thir- high 20s. Low okay. 30s, I think, is reasonable to say. I feel like that would be a fun competition. I don't know when we would do it other than this very silly radio show that I host and doing it in theory, but <laughs> I feel like that would be a good one. For, for all yeah. involved. All yeah, right. and, and two, you know, I think I could take them both in like a 10-yard dash. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm taking that one too. Okay, so the 10 is where, I mean, that's just your, your get-off on a snap. I think we would have to start it with a football on a stick. That's the obvious way to make only, sure that only you fair away. Yeah, okay. Only fair away. All right, that feels like, that feels more doable than getting everybody under a barbell. All right, so James <laughs> Williams at 10 yards, Terrell at 40, Andy at a mile and uh, squat competition TBD. Uh, James, this was great as always. Much appreciate your time. Best of luck with everything on Monday. I'm really bummed that I can't make it, uh, but I I know it's going to be a rousing success. And again, if people want to show up in person, you can go to Child's Play, uh, which is 5536 Connecticut Avenue Avenue Northwest on Monday, or you can donate by texting Toy Drive 2023 to 44321. James, appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you. That is James Smith-Williams. Mark Schlereth with us next. It is the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Thanks again to James Smith-Williams for joining us. Sounds like maybe after the bye week you'll be able to get back with that hamstring 
injury, but a tough task ahead for his teammates this weekend against Miami. And again, the Toy Drive 44321, text Toy Drive 2023 to donate and help James and company get toys for kids who really could use them this holiday season. Uh, right now, though, total switch gears. We got a chance earlier today, we being Logan Paulson and I, to talk to Mark Schlereth, who's on the call for the NFL on Fox this weekend for the Washington-Miami game. Uh, always great to catch up with Stink on a game week where he's grinded the Washington tape, uh, get his thoughts on Jack Del Rio's dismissal and what maybe caused that, and where he thinks EB in this offense is. Without further ado, our chat with Mark Schlereth. Continuing on Take Command with Mark Schlereth, friend of the show. Although, Mark, first time we get you with Paulson. Just ready for you to bang some helmets <laughs> right, and uh, right. get going. Yeah. Yeah, it's wait. exciting. Uh, so I wanted to talk to you first, Mark. I know I know you spend so much time grinding the tape, and um, I think you have a great perspective uh, when we have you on because like, we spend a lot of time watching Washington, but then right. you spend a lot of time watching Washington because you call their games, and you have an interest here, but you also watch everyone else that you cover week in and week out for Fox, uh, and you're obviously local there in Denver as well. When you look at, at this defense and ultimately Jack Del Rio getting fired after last week's game, and you look at the issues that they've had, do you see those as schematic personnel? Obviously, there's probably going to be some mix of both, but like, what's right. the balance there in, in what you've seen? Well, I think I think the biggest thing, you know, for me is the number of explosives given up, um, and Washington leads the league in explosive plays. And at la last year, I don't know if they led it for the entire league, but I know the first eight or nine weeks they were number one in explosives given up as well. Those things, those things to me are, you know, kind of part and parcel of both uh, from a, you know, from a talent level or from a, a player level, but also probably more on the schematic standpoint of things. Um, when I watch teams make mistakes, when I watch teams get beat over the top, when I watch teams constantly give up big plays, that to me is guys not understanding what their responsibilities are. And oftentimes that comes with too much on your plate. You're asking somebody to do too much or um, you haven't minimized the menu to a point where guys can play fast and guys can play hard. And uh, listen, anything from a, a player's perspective to me is the more I have to think, the, the slower the game goes for you as a player. And I want things to be simplified. I want to simplify things for myself. And I want to be able to play at a, you know, incredibly fast pace. And it gets to one of those things like I, it doesn't need to be perfect. It never is perfect, right? So many coaches, I think, get concerned with, hey, we've got the perfect adjustment to this. And like part of it is, hey, man, if they get us with this, they get us. Like, but I just want to line up and play hard and play fast. And I think especially today's day of the NFL where there are so many adjustments and so many formations and so many motions and shifts and all that stuff. Uh, you can get, you can get mesmerized with all the periphery stuff and not be ready to get punched in the mouth. And, and, that, and that to me is football in its essence. And when I watch them, I just see them make, you know, big play, like in, in that giants game, they had five sacks in the first quarter. They had, I think, eight total sacks and a bunch of tackles for losses, yet they still found a way to give up 
you know, six or seven explosive plays in the passing game and several touchdowns in the passing game where you're just like, like, what are you doing? Like, like you give up a wheel route to the, to Saquon Barkley. And you're like, dude, you got to play that high to low. You can't jump on the out part of that. Like you've got to be able to say, Hey, we'll give up that four yards or that five yard out uh, to make sure you don't get us big time over the top with a, with a rookie quarterback who, you know, let's face it, is is questionable. So, I, like all those things, that's just a very long winded answer. I apologize, but no, no. I mean, that's why you're here, man. And then, so the thing I would say is, like, you know, as a player, and probably you know, like in your experiences, how do you walk that line of of being kind of that in that sweet spot of saying we are complex enough that we handle right. all the things this is going to be that's going to be presented but we're not making the guys overthink. And like, especially this week versus Miami, Ron's coming in, putting a new, like not a new system in, but got to kind of probably simplify a little bit. Where's that line for you? And like, what it, what's the expectation for Ron coming to this game? Yeah, you know, interestingly enough, and I had these conversations um, all the time. I remember us putting in a play um, when I was in Denver and it was a, a bend back play. It was an automatic, you know, tight zone, bend back the opposite way. And, you know, we're going to trap the outside guy. And it, it was designed to be, it wasn't a normal, you know, we're running 14, 15 weak or 14, 15 yeah. strong, and we're going to bend it back. It was a design. So you don't want to let guys cross your face, you know, and then wheel them out. And the coaching staff put it in and they were like, okay, we're going to run, for instance, it was going to be 14, 15 bend. So if we went 14, 15 men, we were going to go, we're going to run, like we're going to run, they would call it 15 bend, but we would run it to the 14 side and bend back to the, to the Ooh, you know, to the left confusing. side. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm like, I told the coaches in the meeting, I go, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> like, and they're like, no, 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 because we're running. Eventually we want to get to the, to the left side. So we're going to go, we're going to, and I go, no, no, no. If you're going to call that way, just call it 14 bend. We're going to go back to the opposite side. And I argued literally with, with my coach and our coordinator. I argued for 10 minutes. And I said, listen, that I have to think about that. And if I have to think about that, like at least one of our fullbacks and one of our tight ends and, and somebody else is going to screw this thing, I guarantee you we're going to have three or four busts. what Mark my word. We'll have a bust or two. And sure enough, we go to the practice. We bust it three times, and the coaches go, okay, now it's called 14 band, right? <laughs> but sometimes you got to listen to your players, right? Because we're right. the ones that have to go out on the field and execute it. And just little things like that that let you play fast, that let you play on pace. And as, as a player, I thought it was always important to have that give and take. When a coach installs something, Say I get I get the concept right, and I see how that works on a grease board. But let me tell you how it works in a game, and you've got to have that level of respect, and you've got to be able to have. You know, and it's it's not one of those we're not we we fight about it, but it's it's one of those things from a mutual respect standpoint. And so I think sometimes your players have to let the coaches know that hey man, this is this one is it doesn't make sense in my head, right? right. It's I, I can't simplify it enough. And the guys for me that have the great success in the league. Like when I talk to quarterbacks around the league, guys who make it simple on themselves, like just can, just can go, Hey man, if I get a single high, essentially, man, I know if I get a single high safety, man, I'm throwing out to the edges, right? I got one-on-ones out to the edges. You know, I'm going to throw a comeback or I got access to the outside. And if I get two highs, I'm going to 
I'm going to concentrate on on getting you know my number three receiver in a three by one formation matched up on the middle linebacker and like that's my best matchup so I'm going to throw it in the middle of the field and guys that just have an ability to make the game super simple for themselves like that it like those guys play fast and I think you as a coach need to make it that way uh, on your players to make it that simple and, you know you then you then you make it complex by motioning guys and moving guys and, and getting into different personnel groupings and making people communicate. But at the essence, it's just a really simple game. Yeah, no, I, I hear you on that. And something we've talked about a lot uh, in terms of this defense and where it feels like there's confusion. It's also a line we've talked about with the commander's offense and uh, you know, how much is on Sam Howell's plate? What, what's the, you know, what's Eric Bandemi doing uh, to make Sam Howell's job easier uh, I feel like I'd ask you this basically same exact question, you know, five weeks ago or whenever it was when mm -hmm. last time you had these guys for Fox, but what have you seen from Sam and Eric and how their relationship has evolved in this, you know, middle third of the season? Well, I, I, I will certainly say they have definitely got under center more, which I think is important um, because I think that it's really hard to re to run hard play action stuff out of gun. Um you know, you don't get any, you don't, you know, I was talking to Luke Keekley last week because, you know, we were talking about gun versus gun runs, gun, you know, play action versus under center. And um, Luke would always say, hey, man, there is no suck factor in shotgun. We, we don't get sucked up. Like we will play that from high to low. So I can still hit all my drops and take away your intermediate routes, which is really what you're trying to get. Like you're trying to get that that low cross, you know. You're trying to get that intermediate route, that that um, that basic. You're trying to hit those intermediate routes by sucking up those linebackers or the safety that's rolled into the box, get them to step up, and now I'm over their heads in front of safeties or in front of corners, and that's really where you're, you're trying to attack. Well, there's no suck factor in shotgun you know where you, you 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 catch it and then you do this and everybody and their brother's uncle can see it and so they're playing that as a defensive player from from a high to low plane and um in play action especially in hard play action you want them to suck up so that you can get them over the top and so like it, i see them under gun or out of gun and under center a little bit more than they've been in the past the one touchdown drive they had against the cowboys um, there were, I think it was a 15 play drive that had eight plays, uh, under center and seven plays in gun. Like that was, that was not part of their offense, um, five weeks ago. So I, I like, I like some of that stuff. I think that's, that's good. I still think you've got a young quarterback and he has to play the majority of the game, almost the entirety of the game on the high dive. And I just think that's a mistake. Like, I think when you ask a guy to be in charge of everything, um, to throw the ball with the frequency that you throw the ball with almost 70% of the time they're throwing the football, um, I don't think there's a lot of opportunities for that guy to have a breather. So I think it's important to give your quarterback some mental reps off, if you will, um, and some physical reps off where you just turn around and we're going to get into – you know, we're going to get into solo, um, you know, solo format, like solo, two tight end, solo, you know, I, I write or solo, I write or whatever, however you call it. Right. You're, so you got two tight ends, you got a fullback, you got a tailback. And I'm just going to turn around and hand it off, uh, you know, 
18 handoff force or whatever. And I don't have to think about like moving guys around and I don't have to think about motions and I don't have to think about matchups and where's my best matchup and we're getting a three by one. Are they in a single high safety? Do I have a nice shot over here to my X receiver? I, I don't have to think about any of that stuff. I'm just going to turn around, hand it all, hand the ball off. Um, and I think that that's important to take some of those mental reps off the quarterback's plate. And I think sometimes I look at them and, um, you know, I, I've used this analogy before, but it's like going to a picnic and you go to a picnic and all the food looks amazing, but you got those cheap little Dixie plates and you load up your plate and you load up your plate and you load up your plate and all the potato salad, all the chicken, all the, you know, and then you're trying to walk back to the thing and the plate folds in half and half of your food falls on the ground, right? Like, that's what it is for a quarterback to be in charge of everything. All the, I got to call the protections. I got to change the protections. I got to identify the mic. I've got to, you know, call the, I got to call the formation. I got to make sure my guy, oh, my guy that broke the huddle and went to the wrong side. No, I got to flip you over. Like, there's a lot of mental gymnastics that go into that uh, as a quarterback. And, and I believe in a lot of the great offensive coordinators I've talked to um, find it imperative to give their quarterbacks breather plays and to say, hey, man, um, I'm going to give you three or four plays this drive where you don't have to think. And I think that's, I think that's important. It also allows you to just get on the ball and quick count somebody set up and you go and you just try to smash some people. And, and then you start to understand the value of a two or three yard run. Like one of the things that I watch with Washington and the running backs in Washington right now is there are so many limited opportunities that every run needs to be a banquet. Sometimes you just need an hors d'oeuvre. Sometimes you just need yeah. an appetizer. Like sometimes I just need a nasty four-yard physical run. And what that does to slow down a pass rush, what that does, you know, to, to affect the defense is amazing. But these guys are like, man, I'm a, I might only get eight chances. So all of a sudden you see, you know, I, I, I've watched Robinson where you got something blocked pretty well and – I always talk about entry points of the back, where you want like inside hip of the tackle or inside hip of the right. tight end, depending on where you're running, like that entry point. And you hit that entry point, and if you just put your nose in there, you're going to get an ugly four, I mean, an ugly four yards. But all of a sudden, I watch him bounce to the backside where guys are unblocked, and it's a one-yard game. And I think part of that is because you don't trust the fact that I'm going to get enough carries to eventually pop one. So you're trying to pop everyone. And to get people to over-pursue so you can cut back, you got to get them with that four, that three, that four, that five, that four, that five, then bam, out the backside. That's that's how you are effective in the run game. And I watch a bunch of running backs that are going to get six carries, and they're like, some bitch, I'm going to try to break every one of these, right? And that's right. not how the running game works. And that's a, that's a failure to me, a failure of, of play call. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing I want to kind of double click there is obviously like running the ball is important and you've got to watch some really good offenses over the course of the year. Yeah. And how does Sam, you know, compare with some of these other young quarterbacks in your mind in terms of his development? Obviously, you know, like there's you mentioned the play calling, how you don't feel like that's maximized here necessarily. Sure. But like comparing him to like Brock Purdy or um, the kid down in yeah. Houston, like where those offenses are a little bit different. What do you see from Sam in comparing him to some of these other young players around the league? I, I really like Sam. I really like the way he spins the ball. I like the way he throws the ball. I think um, 
I think the other, like the other two guys that you mentioned, have spent so much time over the course of their career uh, under center and working on you know the timing of the offense through the footwork that is required to you know to to throw the ball. Like uh, a couple of my quarterback buddies always say, the uh, the timing of the offense is held in the quarterback's feet, mm. and and that's true. And you know this, man. If you're running a, a you know a a flat curl combination, right? I mean, you hit a certain step in your, you know, in your progression, you hit the fifth step, bam, it's the flat. If that's not open, you hitch up once, you throw it to the curl, right? It's That's the timing. And the footwork is imperative to be able to throw the ball on time. You cannot throw the ball in this league accurately or on time if your feet aren't correct. And here's an issue with quarterbacking coming out of college into the National Football League. Most of these kids grow up in seven-on-seven. Then they go to high school where they're in shotgun 100% of the time. Then they go to college and they're like like Bryce Young, the only time he was ever under center at University of Alabama is when they were in victory formation kneeling on the ball. Hmm. And so the timing of your feet don't necessarily align with the routes and the route combinations that you're running. And – I've had this conversation one-on-one with, with Sam Howell before, like my feet were awful and it's been a, it's been a real work in progress here because that's all I've ever done has been in, in gun. And when you're in gun, especially gun in college, like what is completely covered in college is wide open in the national football league, wide open. Right. And so these guys don't have, a lot of these kids don't have the footwork that, that relates to being able to throw the ball on time. So you're a little bit late. And in, in this league, if you're a little bit late, that's either a knockdown or a pick six or, you know, it's it. – so those are the things that happen and those are the things that he's really working on. He's definitely improved. But I would tell you that C.J. Stroud and Brock Purdy came from a situation where their footwork and their foot energy was much, much better – than that of Sam Howell, just simply because they had worked on it throughout their collegiate careers. Yeah, those are probably the two best young quarterbacks in the league right now. Guys drafted the last two years, like whether it's PFF grade, quarterback rating, QBR, touchdown interception ratio, like those guys are the top two in basically every single metric. Uh, Mark Schlereth on the call this weekend for Fox Sports, Commanders, and Dolphins. And of course, make sure you do not miss the Stinkin' Truth podcast, a fine Odyssey podcast. (laughs) Uh, You can listen to it on the free Odyssey app, uh, especially worth checking out on a Monday following a uh, game that Mark calls for the Commanders because he kind of unloads his notes from the production meetings and all that kind of stuff. So conversations with Ron Rivera, Eric Bieniemy, Sam Howell, you get all the extra stuff that doesn't make the broadcast on a Monday edition of the stinking truth mark always great to catch up man uh if we don't get you again before the end of the season let's definitely try to carve out some time in the off season safe travels here to dc and uh we'll see you this weekend at fedex sounds good guys my pleasure always great to catch up All right, that is Mark Schlereth from Take Command. If you want Logan and I's preview of the Dolphins, that precedes that on this episode. Make sure you are subscribed, and it will be in your podcast feed tomorrow morning. Also just confirmed via text that Mark's broadcast partner, Adam Amin, will join us tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Always a delight to have on the show. Great to have my friend uh, visit us on a Friday after his meetings with Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell and everybody. They do the production meetings, and Adam gives us a call 
and it is great to have him back on the show tomorrow at 5. Also tomorrow, uh, we got our picks for the week. We go around the NFL. It's a Wizards game day, so we'll talk to Dave Johnson. Uh, plenty of good stuff on a football Friday tomorrow. When we get back, though, we wrap up the show with real things real people said into real microphones. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. And I gave you the solo shot there for a second. Gave you just the full, the full, well, I don't need to be on camera right now as Ant gets down. Buzz, I look like I'm ready to go. It got cold in here all of a sudden. <laughs> I didn't even see you put and on so your I, coat. I got my coat on. Which Where's like, your hat? Towards the, I mean, I could. Where's Where the glove? Uh, Right here. Oh, yeah, you're, you're really ready. Just I'm I'm ready to go after this segment. And this is the latest we've been done this show in like weeks. Where's it a where's a Wizards game? Why isn't Dave on right now? <laughs> isn't Glenn supposed to be interviewing somebody? Where's Wizards pregame? Oh, they don't play tonight? Where's Maryland at? What is the weather supposed to be like tonight? Because it wasn't that cold today. I don't know, but I got my gloves. I'm ready. Oh what? my gosh. You you told me to do it. Don't you oh my gosh me. 48 degrees. Outside right now? Yep. Then why is it 32 in here? That's a great question, Craig. I want to know who sets the timers in this joint. <laughs> who hates us? That the 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 temperature during our show just does wild journeys. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Because when I walked in, I think it was at 75, 76, somewhere like that. Yeah, it was like kind of toasty. It is now 70 degrees and dropping. Why, why do people do this to us? Do you know. think... Do you think that this is Essig playing a cruel, a cruel trick? Because this feels like something Essig would do just to mess with us, but it also doesn't. Like Matt's not Matt's not cruel. He does love a funny bit. This isn't really a funny bit to do this to us every day. And also, I don't think Matt has access to the the timing devices. I was literally just thinking that. But I think Vic might have access to the timing devices. Vic Maybe would do Vic. that to us. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. You not tr- oh, do you not trust Vic Ferrer? Nah, I trust Vic. <laughs> Vic might be in wide orbit right now. I don't know. I don't. Did see we ever him. figure out what happened yesterday? I don't know. No, we did not. It just fired on its own. It just all of a sudden in the middle of the show, it was like, commercial break. We're like, no, we weren't ready to go to commercial yet. Yeah, and it, it did it twice, and I was a little thrown off. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a, kind of a weird thing. Um... So tomorrow on the show, it's Football Friday. Uh, I got to check in with DA, see if he's going to come on. We definitely have Adam Amin on the show, 5 o'clock. We definitely are going around the NFL at 5.30. Can Anthony beat me for a third straight week? I forgot. I need to add one. Oh, no, no. I need to. No, you need to add one in the loss column for both of us because uh, the Vikings pooped themselves on Monday Night Football. Yeah, that was bad stuff. Thanks for that, Josh Dobbs. He almost pooted on himself. 68 and uh, 75. So you have a seven-game lead. Oh, it's down to seven? Yes. It was up to like 12 or like 13, to be honest. It was getting ugly. And then for some reason. Can Anthony a comeback? Yep. The Commanders, no November run this year. Anthony Haney, different story. I'm going to come back, baby. Um, What else we got to mention for tomorrow? Dave, uh, the Wizards. Can the Wizards not embarrass themselves tomorrow night? Oh, we need to pick our game for tonight. Oh, 
I was like, I feel like I'm stalling for a reason. I haven't figured out what the reason is yet. <laughs> but there's definitely something that we got to do. Yes. Okay. Uh, this tonight, was a very good week for you last year, too. You went 9-2. and two. I went 5-6. and six. Wow. Yeah, we don't have to You have historical it. records? Yes. Dang, I didn't know you had it like that. Yeah, I've been keeping track. Well, as we've gone through the season, I've erased last year's. But um, Oh, so you are erasing the historical records as we go. Yeah, pretty okay. much. But I know for the next five weeks, I did pretty good down the stretch. Okay, you were just in such a hole last year. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, tonight, Seahawks and Cowboys. I actually like what the NFL has done with Dallas. They've been doing this since like 2014. Because I remember when they did this when I was still working there. Um, when I was at ESPN Radio in Dallas. And they started doing hey, Dallas, you're going to play on Thanksgiving and then you're going to play on Thursday night a week later because it's a way to like get an extra primetime game for the Cowboys, which the league wants, yeah. without making them play on a short week multiple times. And like I know as a Commanders fan, like people are probably like, well, screw the Cowboys, but like actually kind of dig that. <laughs> like as a, as a scheduling quirk, that's a good job by them. And I think they typically play a team that also played the previous week. Like the Commanders have played the Cowboys. Like I think I think a couple years ago when the Cowboys played someone on Thanksgiving and then the Commanders hosted the Giants, I think they played that next Thursday. So you have back to back Thursday games. And so it's a nice way for the Cowboys who always get uh stuck slash the privilege of playing on Thanksgiving and another team that also has to deal with that short week to get a regular weekend and then they get the long week. Mm. That's pretty cool. Um but anyway. Dallas is favored by nine and a half tonight. That's not a stinky fish, is it? No. Have you seen the Seahawks lately? Uh, I was just making sure. You know, I think I'm gonna go with the Dallas Cowboys, though. Yeah, straight up, I'm definitely going with the Cowboys. Yeah, the nine and a half is a little bit tougher pill to swallow, but like, it really comes down to like, do you think the Seahawks are any good? Because the Cowboys crush teams that are not good. But I want to see how they go about beating. The Seahawks, because again, we saw when the Commanders played the Seahawks that them that DBs nasty. Them DBs are nasty. I'm expecting Pollard to have a big night. To be honest, I think that definitely could be the case. I do think that CD will have a have a nice night. I mean, the the way Dallas or Dallas is scheming it up right now is great. And then I don't trust the Seahawks offense to do anything to yeah, at all. This Dallas defense is gross. They're, I have them in fantasy. They're really good. Need that that actually reminds me. I need to check my fantasy, bro. I'm still, I'm still heartbroken after last week. Oh, because you lost barely. I lost barely because Jalen did Jalen stuff, and I had Kyron Williams on my bench. I scored 134 with Kyron Williams on my bench and lost. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. I, won, I barely won last week. I won by a point. Mm. Congrats to you. Oh, you know who I got at quarterback this week? Ah, who? Tua. Oh, have fun with that. Against these guys. Let's make sure. Yeah, Kyron Williams in the lineup this week. In the lineup is Kyron Williams. Uh, we can Young Way Koo is off of his bye, although we got Jake Moody as well. Now we'll go with Young Way Koo, kicker. Um, I don't think we probably need any more uh fantasy kicker talk. Nope. I think I think we've probably stalled enough. It's time for real things. Real things. We're not going to be f- so this year. Real people. Five and eleven. Not very good. Set into real microphones. You know the culture is actually damn good. 
All right. Uh, I say we go with this uh, wacky Mike McDaniel thing. So there's a story in the Washington Post that I've actually referenced a couple times. It's a great story about how Mike McDaniel's doing things differently. It chronicles him, his family, how he met his wife. Apparently part of the story of him meeting his wife is he kind of stole his wife from another, from a player. Like he and the player were out and the player started dancing with the woman who's now Mike McDaniel's wife. And Mike was like, no, 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 no. And um, Mike wanted to clean up that story a little bit. I would say the uh, skeleton of the story is correct. But uh, there's a couple important caveats. First of all, um, the, the, the perceived threat that I made to a player uh, about, um, was, uh, was over, over the top a joke, um, considering both he and I knew that as a running back coach, I had no, uh, I had no ability to say if he was there or not. Um, it was more in jest. Um, and then second of all, uh, I, you know, my wife was telling me that people are talking about me stealing people's girls. The, the dude had met her for 45 seconds. So, like... I mean, I kind of did, but I mean, I feel like I was painted out to be kind of a, 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 a D-bag. And it wasn't like that at all. It was, it was all... It was all niceties we were celebrating as a team i, I think stephen barkley the, the player that was dancing with her was well aware when i when i made that joke and jest that it was more important to me than it was to him so um and I th- i'm pretty sure i was right right i mean i have a family now like good decision one or over clearly it had nothing to do with anything it wasn't my my uh, physical disposition, I promise you that. What can I say? Did you hear Al Michael? I don't, I just see that you have with the original story. I, I did here. put the uh, original story, but it's too the story is actually funny. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll go longer on this tomorrow. Yeah, we'll try tomorrow. Uh, also, tomorrow we might do fake Mike McDaniel quotes versus real ones. So that's, that's tomorrow. That's our show today. Hope you enjoyed it. Terps Talk is next.